You know, there are people who would call me anti-black because I don't push a black liberal agenda. Oh no, but check me out. I'm gonna tell you what black is to me. Speaking as a man who's been black for 36 years. Feel me? What is black? It's that beautiful reflection that I see in the mirror. It's that feeling that God is getting nearer. All noise is gone. Yes, Lord, I clearly hear you. What is black? This carbonated, melanated substance that moonlights as my skin. That allows me to see the world through an alternative lens. Feel me? What is black? Is the knowledge that we were the first to roam Earth. We called it home first. This colonial imposed division ain't gonna work. Nah. What is black? It's me holding myself to the highest standard. Keep my pants up, stand up. Even in traumatic circumstances that make me put my hands up. What is black? Yeah, we experience weariness from the killing that got us delirious. But don't forget, we're responsible for the pyramids. We rule Ethiopia. We destroy Mali's economy. We're the inspirations for these superheroes. I gotta see to expose the God in me. What is black? It's me giving you your roses quick. Looking at you as my bro insists. See my glowing fist? Do you see it? What is black? Something that I'm proud to be. America born, African, I'm bound to speak. Take all plantation moves from my mind. Make selling out of crime. Now let me sit in my blackness and shine. I say. I say. I say. Listen. I picture snapping, taking places. I recite this. I rhyme quick, it gets me excited. I'm arriving, brain is chiming. How I'm doing mentally, what a century since the massacre. White supremacists say ain't no one coming after ya. My liberation mindset has begun. If anything, I'm in chapter one. Not destroyed by what those bastards done. I'm trying to Africa, trying to replicate. I'm feeling a super blessed day. I speak freely. Not say what the rest is say. Are we really making moves or are we pretending? We despise the farmers or depending on their descendants. Expect an invitation to the table, but sell for the kitchen. How's that winning? I know folks who own property and push waters. You can't kill a revolutionary mind in the midst of the slaughter. For Greenwood and Micaiah Bryant, dang. Protect the sons and the daughters and be a different nation. If we do so, integration, focus on liberation. I dismiss the hatred, just hourly thinking love empowerment. I hear the words of my ancestors and devour it. I say, my people, I say. One, two, three, four, I'm testing.
You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just because I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. <laughs> Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides just like hope springing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my sassiness upset you? <laughs> Don't take it so hard just because I laugh as if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words. You can cut me with your lies. You can kill me with your hatefulness. But just like life, I rise. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh. <laughs> Does it come as a surprise that I dance? As if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling and bearing in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, wow, there I go. treadmill faith you do a lot of running but you stay in one place i gotta move therefore i never 
never trust my intelligence. I learn, continue learning is much better than relevance. I'm reading more fiction so I can master the eloquence and murder every track. I'm trying to leave all the evidence. The detective and coroner tell them all to rewind. Check my body of work. I'll tell you what they will find. The autopsy was signed. I'm killing in every line. Guilty the whole time. Confess to every crime. Uh huh. Don't need no hook. It's just a verse on a verse on a verse. I'm killing but giving life. It's like I drive to a church in a hearse. I did it. Y'all were afraid. Timid but I was brave. Constructed my own lane. Driven no roads paved. Lord save those debaters and haters who write tweets. And those haters who write checks to determine if I eat. So I model that Freddie D when I walk in these streets. I realized I was free when I stopped praying with my feet. I mean I own my masters but I have no owners. I'm on Nineveh's corner. I am rapping like I'm Jonah. No roses in my garden. No worries. Just thank me later. I am Brandon Roy. Sometimes it hurts being a trailblazer. I'm just a king trying to reach my goals like I'm Gretzky. I'm Lionel. The Lord bless me even when I'm messy. Amen. A prophet that's poetic. Black is my aesthetic. Yeah. Put on a little muscle. Y'all jokers see the hustle. This is Alexander Crummel with a Black Panther etiquette. A little Oscar Michaud and a Richard Allen Methodist. As yeah. a matter of fact, I wrote the soundtrack for the Hebrew Exodus. And when the song is over, go ahead and bring the stretcher in. Yeah, I killed it. Yeah, your honor, I'm guilty. I am self-centered. I am prideful. I am filthy. I am insecure and envious. I have false motives. I know how the story ends, but I still feel hopeless. Okay. I want other people's property. My nature was naughty, but I'm none of those things. Since the blood of Christ bought me, I am righteous. But I still got issues. But you walk a little different when the Lord walks with you. I plan to reach the most high land, but I'm never landing. And if I land, understand, I just land on a different planet. I'm on the shoulders of the Lord. Extra high. Your team can't stop me. You need an extra guy. I lap you on the track. You need some exercise. Usain Bolt with the quotes. This is the finish line. Congrats, you qualify for some health care. And when you get it for free, call it welfare. Welfare. Go ahead and seek for ourselves. What is cracking, my people? What is up? What is up? Welcome to yet another episode of ADQ's Renaissance. Get this mic in closer. Come on, Mike. Work with me. There you go. Welcome to yet another episode of ADQ's Renaissance. I'm your host with the most. Keeping 100 from coast to coast through God. Oh, ADQ. It is Tuesday, October 26th. 2021. It is Tuesday, October 26, 2021. I don't normally do Tuesdays, but today is special. Today we are talking with the wordsmith. Today is going to be on. You know what I'm saying? But before we get started, I just want to real quick shout out a couple of, you know, movers and shakers out there. First of all, yo, make sure to get your water, alkaline water. I call this my Jesus water. Because when I drink this, I feel I feel spirited. So, yo, live alkaline water. Kill the brothers with the soul society with that. Also, let's see. What else? I got so much. I got so many black-owned businesses. I got so many black-owned products, including this. I only brush my teeth with charcoal toothpaste. This is where I brush my teeth with. You see my teeth? Eh. Okay, so it's a little stain because it's been a long day. But when I start my day, when I end my day, I am brushing with this. Kill the sister, the queen, 
Morgan Renee Myers for you know your own for your own too. Fluoride free, fluoride free is the way to go because you know you, you use fluoride uh, toothpaste. It does crazy things to your penile gland. Also, young lady I know, Miss Imani Zakaria Neal wrote this fantastic, incredible book of poetry. Yo. She's on my uh if you are watching this via Facebook, um check out uh check her out. Imani Neal. She uh type her up. Imani Neal, very, very talented young sister. Very, very talented young sister. She's going places. And speaking of books of poetry, boom, here's another one that we're actually gonna be covering tonight. Written by a young lady out of Houston. Texas, Houston, Texas, home of Scarface. Give me a second, yo. All of these liter, all of these literary giants are giving me, are getting me parched. Ah, like I said, this young lady is from Houston, Texas, home of Scarface, home of the screwed up clique. Homer Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Yeah. Y'all know that. Y'all youngsters don't know about that. Uh, Homer Slim Thug. Homer UGK. Let's talk about this young lady. This young lady is the author of two published lyrical novels, portrays the art of becoming the genesis of transformation through her poems. She's internationally, internationally known on the microphone, y'all. Respected as a linguistics technical communication expert and writing coach. Whether providing one-on-one career advancement advice, hosting webinars, facilitating e-learning uh, courses, implementing marketing slash design concepts for mentoring young ladies, she utilizes her 15 plus years of experience and remarkable credentials innovatively to help others. She also serves as the head consultant of web and info design for Articulate Business Group, ABG. She holds two degrees. Your boy here is trying to get one. She holds two degrees. Her first degree is in journalism, and her second from the University of North Texas is in linguistics slash technical communication. Speaking of people out there who are getting degrees, I know it's homecoming season. I know it's G-Ho. I live like two blocks away from a and Y'all out there uh, doing your G-Ho stuff, y'all better not get loud or else I'm going, or else you will see my angry old man side. Side note. Now, one of this young lady's favorite quotes comes from Ernest Hemingway. The writer must write what he has to say, not to speak it. Ooh. In other words, leave your words on the paper. Don't, don't say it. The statement is what led her to start Articulate Business Group. She believes articulate writing is the foundation for articulate speaking, followed by being what you speak about, becoming a beautiful articulate person, which happens to be the name of her previous book. Her books are created for anyone who has ever felt unbeautiful. Yeah, I had that moment when I was younger. You know, unworthy of love. She has a personal quote. May my words be uplifting and remind you. 
you're your own beauty and that's articulately beautiful and she expresses articulate beauty in this particular piece and we're about to talk about right now ladies and gentlemen please welcome to adq's renaissance miss amber branch yo amber what's up hi how are you i am doing wonderful i am living the dream how about yourself i'm doing good doing good uh i just have to just one slight correction i'm actually from dallas texas but i did used to live in houston so i rep h-town but i didn't want i didn't want people to get upset so i rep them both i just rep the whole state of texas no 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 you are not gonna rep dallas you're not gonna rep dallas and no work no 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 you're not gonna rep dallas have my words in navy blue and have me wearing navy blue and have your book in navy blue you know why because there's people in dallas that wear navy blue and they are the most and they cheer for the most overrated (laughs) the most disgusting most mediocre football team known to all the football known to sports so bad that i'm not even gonna mention their name on my podcast <laughs> I, I can't disagree with you on that i'm not really a dallas cowboys fan but my my brother is so i i won't say anything bad about them or some of this alkaline water and throw it on your brother <laughs> maybe it'll bring him to his senses <laughs> so so I gotta ask you. Um, I gotta ask you. You are very much a very um, intellectual, intellectual, articulate, uh, accomplished young lady. Um, I want to know where did your journey in writing and using expressive words to put together a a, a, a certain narrative? Where did it all begin for you? I think just in general. Um, I've always liked poetry, Um, even from the time I was like little and just hearing, uh, if you go all the way back to when I was younger, hearing Dr. Seuss, I used to love all his poems. And then Shel Silverstein um, is a black poet. Um, He wrote uh, Where the Sidewalk Ends. That was one of my favorite poems growing up. And um, he has some other ones, um, I can't think of them right now, but that was one of my favorite books. Um, And then reading Maya Angelou growing up, I just, from the time I could, probably read um maybe starting off in kindergarten i've just liked the rhythm of words and and how you can put words together to make that rhyme and just really um words in general i think that's how i ended up majoring in linguistics just the study of language and understanding words so that's kind of where it all started (laughs) come on come on shell silver sign come on dr seuss you know every time (laughs) See, I'm a teacher for a living. That's what I do. And whenever I get a Dr. Seuss book in my hand, magic happens. Like, I spend all day teaching the kids, you know, to be, you know, articulate, to, um, to, 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 to use the words and all of that. But you put a Dr. Seuss book in my hand, I find myself rapping, especially when I read Hop on Pop. Yes. And the kid and the kids just love it and whatnot. You know, it takes you places. Um, Shell Silverstein, you know, oh my goodness, you just taught me something because I honestly thought that Shell Silverstein, this 
<laughs> Nobody judged me, but I honestly thought that that was one of Seuss's many monikers. Um, so please, so uh, how deep is your knowledge about this shell sewer scene? Um, I mean, I just I read. I would literally when I was in middle school, I would go to the library and ask specifically for um, Shel Silverstein. So I don't know any by heart, but like that that one book where the sidewalk ends. Uh, I love that book, and I actually my mom bought it for my daughters um, a while ago. They uh, they haven't really gravitated to it yet, but I'm still trying to pull that out of them. <laughs> I'm sure they will. So where will so uh, you mentioned Amaya Angelo, Shell Silver Silver Sign, Silver Sign, my bad. Um, who would you say are some other writers who have, you know, inspired you to put a pen a pen in your hand and start putting these magnificent words together that I'm going to share with the viewing public? I, I think my biggest influence, like I mentioned, was Maya Angelou. Like, I literally love her. I wish I would have gotten a chance to meet her. Um, but that's really where I started realizing that words have power and you can tell your story. And I went through a similar situation that she went through with um, sexual abuse and, and molestation and being raped and just, and all the things that she talks about and why, I know why the cage for it seems. I went through that and right in the middle of my tumultuous teenage years. So um, when I was reading that book as a teenager, I felt connected to her. And that's probably what allowed me to realize that I can tell my story and I can help somebody because she helped me. So that I would say that's probably my number one. I mean, I do like um, uh, Terry McMillan, um, I know, right? <laughs> Wait and exhale. Sometimes we have to just do that, right? Just let it out. So, you know, yeah, that's uh, somebody who's like uh, 30 years younger than you are. Why not? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Date somebody who's 30 years younger than you. Set somebody <laughs> on fire. Why not? <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but those those are uh, pretty much growing up. Um, of course, if you go back and also Langston Hughes, that was really um, influential. I actually, yes, I, um, I had to write a report, I think back in middle school on James Baldwin and Langston Hughes and the whole Renaissance, Harlem Renaissance era. So that influenced me a great deal as well. <laughs> okay, so uh, number one, so a couple things today. Number one, um, me and Maya Angelo actually, me and Maya Angelo actually lived in the same city at the same time when she died. Oh, wow. Winston Salem, North Carolina. I never met her, unfortunately, but um, like I said, we both lived in we both lived in the Trey Folk, Winston Salem, North Carolina, when she died. Um, also, the Harlem Renaissance is the reason why this particular platform that you are gracing at this moment is called. ADQ's Renaissance because yes. you know I was looking to mirror the Harlem Renaissance in podcast form and find out why dope writers like you like yourself write your dopeness. Um when you want to talk about Langston Hughes, old fast who dreams for when a dream dies, it is like a, life is like a broken wing eagle 
that can't lie. Dream deferred. <laughs> Dream deferred. Um, 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 and I love how Lorraine Hansberry took the uh, the line from what happens to the dream the fur does it sound, does it dry up like a razor in the sun took that and created a whole nother story from there that's yes. what writing's supposed to do right exactly yes it's a platform just much like your podcasting to kind of tell your story and so um, that's what I um, just realized that it was time to do that um I have been writing, but it never dawned on me that maybe I should publish it. And so maybe probably about maybe around 2017. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to start putting, pulling my stuff together. Um, and at first I wasn't sure about poetry, but poetry just kind of seemed like it came more natural to me. So I just allowed, um, uh, just allowed, I started writing and however it came out, that's how you know, I just divine intervention, I guess you could say, you know, came out in lyrical form. And part of that maybe because my, my dad is a musician. My parents kind of are very much into the gospel music kind of background. So music has always been part of me. So poetry to me is nothing but just, it is music, it's lyrics, so. It's, it's lyrics, it's lyrics, it's storytelling. Um, the music, the music is the words. The, mu- the music is the letters. I'll say that the music is the letters. Um, when I picture poetry, I picture either surreal scenery type music playing in the background or jazz, pretty much, you know, just setting, just setting things up, much like you do in your book. Um, now, first of all, I want to say for those of you all who are tuning in. Please go to my YouTube page, ADQ, um, Adrian Dion Quarles. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'm trying to monetize off of y'all. Um, the Lyrical Journal of Sapphire Rhymes, Teardrop Stain Confessions. Mind if I, uh, mind if I read a piece uh, from here? By all means. <laughs> I will be honored. <laughs> okay. Now, um... This particular piece may not be suited for all ages. Be advised. The kids shouldn't be up anyway. I'm a teacher. The kids should not be up anyway. They got to be up at 6.30 in the morning. You better put them daggone babies to sleep. Now, we about to be, we about to be grown up in here. Sweet tooth. To my sugary, sugary free, I mean, to my sugary, sugar free Valentine. Okay. Now, assume this is to your husband. Um, all of my poems were to somebody at some point in time. <laughs> so it's a collection. Could be. Alright, so check this out. Brown like the color of soda and better for me like <clears throat> Coke Zero Coca-Cola. Better, you better go ahead, calorie free. <laughs> the way you rocked my world last night uh, last night, so scrump deli uh the lump and I have just one more bite. Okay, that's what's up. Willie <laughs> Willy Wonka never tasted this good. Thinking to myself, maybe I shouldn't, but then again, maybe I could. You taste as sweet as candy and got me feeling oh so random. I can't help myself, and maybe I'm being too forward, but that thing you do gives me something to look towards. Oh, reward. 
like a kid at the candy store. May I have some now? And later, hmm. So now and later, till next time, sweet dreams of chocolate kisses to my sweet candy Valentine. <laughs> Imagine getting that on the Valentine's Day card. It would be some. It'll be Valentine's Day and someone's birthday in the same day. Okay. okay. What? So what? Is, so I was just going to, you know, just fill my journalist hat and ask you exactly what inspired that particular piece. Um, it was probably. I believe it was a Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> very uh, fireworks <laughs> type environment some steamy moments uh so Ooh. i mean not all my poetry is sad and just kind of mundane there are some moments where you know i was in love and um that's why i have that disclaimer there but that particular one was just all about being in love and like yeah seizing the moment with your lover <laughs> it gave me a quick flash of all the women who i've you know you know all the sweet tea, all the sweet tea that I've had. So, um, might have to come up with some. Might have to come up with something along those lines myself. Uh, let's see, Destiny's Fate. Okay, let's get. In, uh, first of all, do you have any disclaimers for Destiny's Fate? Um, I mean that one. I, it's pretty much just self-explanatory. It's just about you know a girl and 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 how and just it probably is largely based on real life so I'll let you go ahead and read it it's pretty self-explanatory okay obviously I'm not a young girl so I'm reading this from a third from a third <laughs> perspective let's see once upon a time there lived a young girl with a smile so bright and spirit so kind you do have a very bright smile um she didn't realize this was a fatal trait and never would imagine what was Destiny's fate so many men she trusted, but in their hearts they only lusted. Lusted for her heart, mind, and fragile inside. Each man stole a piece of her soul over time. Her inner being slowly died. Haunted by the demons of her past, locked, chained, and stained. Until true love came and set her free at last. Sheesh, I'm glad you had that, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's getting a little too heavy for you. <laughs> no, not too heavy for me. Just uh, put me, in, just put me in um, an apologetic space that I am that I, that I go into whenever I learn about women who have been taken advantage in one way or another by uh, men. So, so if you don't, so if you don't mind sharing, um, what's pretty much the story behind? That um, sounds like you have been taking advantage of quite a bit um, leading up to your marriage. You know, it um, th that's pretty much, and I think a lot of women are go through that too. Um, just being a little bit too nice and not finding your voice and not knowing that it's okay to speak and let people know what it is you want and and not have to. I had a friend once tell me that. It was actually a male friend of mine, uh, a very good male friend of mine. He told me, he said, you know what? You go along to get along way too much. At the time, I just kind of brushed him off a little bit. And 
I didn't think about it until much later in life. And I was like, he's so right, because I had that uh, persona just, okay, I don't really want to impede. I don't want conf confrontation. So I'm just going to walk on eggshells, just kind of smile and sit pretty and, hey, you know. But over time, by doing that, um, you pe people take advantage of that. Um, until you learn to kind of speak up and speak your mind. And there's, you have to learn how to use it with tact. So that's one of my favorite words, tact, because you can speak your mind, but you need to be tactful about it too. And so you don't have to be passive, you don't have to be a doormat, but you do need to know how to be articulate and let your your feelings know. And because I wasn't that girl at a, a large portion of my life, it, it just, allowed certain people to come in and take advantage of me and so I learned from it though so I can't I don't necessarily want to say that um you know I I just learned from it it's all lessons learned so but that's what that's about man I'm gonna hug you right now <laughs> you are so mean <laughs> um it's been my observance that a lot not all women want to be married and want to be loved this doesn't apply to all women but a lot of women uh grow with a cultural understanding that they have to be taken care of by a man therefore they have to um do what you just said go along to get along um therefore in that going on going along to get along um they have to put up with y'all have to put up with a whole lot of mess um, from from some very broken and um, disrespectful and selfish men. Would you agree with that? I, I mean, I definitely agree with that, but I don't want to generalize and say that all men are like that because I think that of there's... Of course not, I'm not like that. Yeah, of course, you know, and there's some largely... I mean, of course, we have broken women too, so it, it kind of... But I think the main thing that I've learned just from relationships and, and even through this journey of me writing my poetry is that, the, and that's why I'm so big on being articulate and speaking because the number one key to any relationship, whether it's a friendship or being in, um, an intimate relationship, you gotta communicate. You gotta talk to each other because if you don't, then things fester, then you end up lashing out at each other and you might wind up on snap or something, I don't know. But I mean, the main thing is just, uh, being, being articulate and just um, learning how to uh, communicate and um, yeah, so I, I think that that's the key there. But there, um, yeah, that's I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, you got you got to articulate and you got to come to the table, knowing exactly what your expectations and what you um, will deal with and what you will not deal with. Um, that has to be um, that has to be spoken and emphasized from the jump, or else uh, someone will take too many steps to the left, too many steps, uh, too many steps to the left. Saying, "Okay, I can get, get away with this. I can get away with this. I can get away with this." But like you said, it has to be articulated, or else you know that could just start that could just start a rabbit hole effect of a whole lot of dangerous acts. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's just one of the things, one of the many lessons that I've learned in life. So just wanted to share everything. Like I um, said, I think I said that in the beginning of the book, I want to share every, I'm an open book. The good, the bad, the sad, the 
the raunchy um even you know some more intimate moments but that's part of everything i've gone through and and learning and to help someone else um do you believe i gotta ask you this excuse me there are how how do i put this um you um are a woman of faith um right yes um i am actually i was raised in the church my parents are my dad is a minister pastor actually so <laughs> okay okay <laughs> shout out to all pk shout out to all PKs. <laughs> um i'm uh i'm a christian myself though i would say that i'm more spiritual than anything but I know that it say in the Bible in two Corinthians. Yeah, I just said two Corinthians. <laughs> okay, <And>, sure. <laughs> hey, two Corinthians walking to a bar. Um, but it, says, but it says in the Bible in two Corinthians chapter five, I believe it's chapter five, verse seventeen. It speaks heavy. It speaks against. Uh, contextually speaking, it speaks heavily against a premarital premarital sex, right? Would you, uh, right? Um, so a lot of Christians take that and they're like, okay, so no sex until marriage, none until marriage. That was my initial intent when I was embarking upon this thing called adulthood. But when I hit 23 and I saw a naked co worker, uh, when I saw a naked co worker, uh, you know, woman who wanted me bad, I fell miserably. So, um, so I would ask, let, let's, um, let's be real. Let's be real here. Do you think that sex is something that should be on the table, uh, during, uh, before, before marriage or should be reserved for a marriage period? You know, I, I, of course, if we're going to speak biblically and what the Bible says, then then yes, you're supposed to wait. But I mean, let's be realistic. Um, we all are um, human and the flesh, I think in the Bible does say the flesh is weak. And so, you know, we all fall prey to temptations. But I think that the reason why the Bible and the reason why God is specifically saying wait till marriage is because sex does complicate things. It complicates relationships. It complicates um just the whole communication aspect of relationships and so until you're ready to um commit yourself to that one person it probably is and i look back and if, if you know just looking back over my own life if i would rather have waited um and just saved myself for my husband um now of course in my situation it was kind of taken from me um but in that situation I didn't realize at the time that that doesn't make you. Um, so the time I thought that that made me kind of broken a little bit and that I was used up, but um, special note to any girls out there that have been in those situations, rape doesn't mean that you're not, um, that you're tainted. I don't think that God looks at, looks at that, but I'm kind of digressing. But back to the point, um, <laughs> I think marriage should be safe for marriage. I mean, sexual relations should be safe for marriage, but it's, it's difficult so I don't think and there's so many other I, I, I have this in my book about um, the chapter that's called tears and tears and sins and it starts off with the scripture that says 
um, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So a lot of times church people will be, oh goodness, she did this and she did that. And and you have to kind of uh, take a step back and be like, well, sis, but you know, you did, we all have to take a self-evaluation of our own um, flaws and what we've gone through. And, and, and let God be the one, I think Tupac said that best, only God can judge. Um, so I think that, that that's where we get a little bit, because we try to get on our high horse. Um, and especially a lot of people in the church try to be so high and mighty and forget what they've gone through. And, um, and, and then, you know, kind of want to judge. And then I think it tends to push people away from the church. So I don't ever want to be, and I pray that I'm never at that point where I'm so, get to be so high on my, because obviously I've shared some of my tears and sins in the book. So that lets people know right there that we all go through things. We all do things that we're not proud of. It's not who you were or are. It's who you're becoming that matters. So um, I kind of went off on a little tangent. I hope I answered your question. Did I? You, you very much, very much did. You did, you did, because there's some, there's so much that coming with that answer. Am I going to like go the Jesus route and abstain, or am I going to realize, yo, I am flesh and bone, and there is a little piece of flesh and bone in my pants that wishes to connect with more flesh, right? Yeah, you know, that's that's reality, and that's um not to be uh, prude I'm not I'm not the type to be prude so you gotta tell it like it is sometimes I certainly told it like it is in my book so you know oh, that, you those <laughs> I mean yeah because it is I, I'm so tired of of being um, I did say this at the beginning of the book in my introduction no more secrets no more lies no more skeletons lurking in dark closets this is my story told my way tell someone else um just understand they're not alone. I think it's in the, in the introduction. Um, so, well, like you said, like you said in the special acknowledgments, you know, Exodus fifteen two, the joy of the Lord is your strength, our strength, all of our strength, and your song, our song. Why am I saying your, our, everybody? Yeah. Let me just say what the scripture says: the joy of the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise Him. Exodus chapter 15 verse 2 so mm, and so yo 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 I got to read this definition of what is sapphire you wanna, before I do you want to know something really dope sapphire is actually my birthstone color I am that's my birthstone right. yes that's what, it, that's what inspired that's my birthstone and I love that color I love that birthstone that's my that's my favorite color. I mean, boom! I, that's I wear this shirt like like <laughs> like four days a week. Uh, what's your what, when's your birthday? September nineteenth. September first. <laughs> well, yeah, Virgo. <laughs> we rule the world. Definitely. <laughs> yes, Virgos. Yeah, rule. eighty-five right here. But. So, so here is your description. Here's your description, well, definition of my beautiful birthstone color and my favorite color. <laughs> but every time I see one of them ugly Dallas Cowboys jerseys, it makes <laughs> just makes you cringe. <laughs> cringe, made me throw up in my mouth. 
<laughs> Sapphire, a clear, deep blue variety of extremely hard aluminum oxide uh, corundum. Uh, corundum is valued as a as a precious stone. It is a color gem made of white, yellow, and purple. Sapphire is typically blue in color. The birthstone for the month of September. Rhyme. The correspondence of sound between words or the endings of words, especially when those when these are used at the ends of lines of poetry. I share this sentiment with our illustrious author here. I feel blessed that I was born in the month of September. So great. So blessed that, you know, Earth Wind Fire made a song about it. September. September. Yes. September. <laughs> so it's so much of a great song that they had that Temptations had a mention in September in wow, they're really sad song. Papa was a rolling. Oh song. yeah, I remember that song. Um, it was the third of September. Yeah, yeah. I remember that song. Papa was a rolling song during Virgo season. So I feel blessed that I was born in the month of September. I am forever connected to the beauty of the sapphire birthstone. Its beauty inspires me. A dot branch and also A dot quarrels. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love the sapphire. It's just so beautiful. So it is. Um, it is. So let's see. Uh, oh dang! A couple were another. A couple other poems that I want to read. Ooh. First, my ideal match. Searching for my searching for a love, my ideal match, part one. This is nice. I'm gonna have to write a poem like this. Now, <laughs> title: My ideal match. Okay, this is your ideal match. Then I'm gonna couple that. Then I'm gonna put my ideal. Then I'm gonna go ahead and say on air my ideal match. So, okay. job criteria. Tall, dark, and handsome. Hard body like steel. Not a scrubs, not a bum. Dang. You put you put your expectations up there, don't you? <laughs> Job description. Very caring, charming, romantic, and a little daring. Not a heartbreaker, but a good listener and a good kisser. Supports my goals. My number one fan. Proud to be your man. Challenges my mind, stimulates my body physically, mentally, and spiritually. An intellectual jock with a nice hard. Okay, I'm not saying that word, but uh, let's say it rhymes with jock. <laughs> Looking for a knight in shining armor, someone who treats you right. Hmm. Okay, let me put my ideal match right out there. <sighs> I call this searching for my ideal match. ADQ remix. Okay. Job title. Let's see. The shorter the better. I would say, let's see. I would say five foot. I would say five, five and under. You know, uh, I like them. I like them thick. I like them thick. I like them thick. Um, I would also say not. I would say not a pigeon. <laughs> not a pigeon, but I will allow hood rat. You know, I've had a, I've, I I have fling with Virgo hood rat before, and y'all she took me places. I ain't, <laughs> I 
I was like, yo, she, man, yo. Never, brothers like, out she, there. Virgo. <laughs> well, um, I normally run from female Virgos, but my most recent, my most recent two encounters with female Virgos, you know, Hurat and, you know, uh, 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 the woman I'm talking to right now have been very favorable. So, yo, shout out to, shout out to female Virgos right now. Uh, <laughs> very caring, romantic. I like daring. Is she a heartbreaker? That's all right. That'll give me a reason to cheat on her. <laughs> Good listener. Yo, she got to be a great kisser. Got to be a great kisser. If she ain't a great kisser, I'm going to be like, yo, get out of my face. Go somewhere. Supports my goals. My number one fan. Probably had me as her man. Challenge my mind. Uh, simulates my body physically, mentally, and spiritually. Heck yeah. Um, and she got to be intellectual too because I'm sapiosexual. <laughs> Looking for a queen who rocks that red, black, and green and who will walk with me on the theatrical scene. Boom. Oh. Oh. Okay, drop smart, I see. <laughs> snap, snap. But so I assume that you found all that you uh desired in this particular piece in your husband, right? I mean, I do, I would say so. Uh you know, oh, I, I think so. I think I think when I wrote that ideal, that's the ideal man, but there is no such thing as a perfect man, so you know. Everybody has their flaws, so I would say when I wrote that, that he definitely did. I had to check off, check, check. <laughs> I did do the checklist on that on him. <laughs> um, so I would have to respectfully disagree. There is a, a thing as a perfect man. Me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you got to think that way about yourself. That's that's part of that self love. I think I talk about that a little bit in my book too. So. Remember that's in my other book. Whenever I'm going to talk about self-love, being true love. Now, um, uh, first, uh, before I go on, I want to say, uh, shout out to Chris Scott. Chris Scott, who uh, once acted in the play that I directed, uh, he commented saying, it's okay for Panthers fans to be jealous of the Cowboys. It's perfectly okay. It's understandable. Uh, Chris, uh, go find... Chris, go find somebody to knock the red out of your hair, okay? You're a great guy, but your but your cowboys suck. Shout <laughs> out to Miss Latoya S. Miles. Shout out to that queen right there. Shout out to her. Um, but yeah, you have to know what you want, and you have to be willing to compromise. Um, I'm no love doctor, but even I know that because if you are like. If you like self or anybody who just comes along smiling and whatnot, well, that's where you may go into uh, going to a part of the relationship that's not that's not very uh, desirable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little earlier. I mean, you got to be honest with each other. You got to be able to communicate, and, um, so that you're um, like you said, if you go in there with the self love before. Uh, and you already love yourself, then it's going to make it that much easier for you to, uh, I guess, have that love reciprocated. So, no. Yeah, that's why it didn't work out with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> oh, sorry. That's why it didn't work out between me and the hood rat because <laughs> I knew no matter how good head she gave. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yo, the stuff that you put in this uh, book opened up the door in my heart for me to go. Okay. I'm sorry. You did this. So I was thinking no matter how good head she gave, and it was freaking great. <laughs> Eventually, that weed smell will bother me. Right. Yeah. That might be a little too strong. It's a little too loud. Too loud. Yes. <laughs> Eventually, you know, her meme mugging all the time will bother me. I'm like, yo, you just kissed me. You just went down on me. Why you? Why you frowning, yo? That's a little too gangster. Chill. She You're a girl. Needed, she just needed a hug. Maybe. Perhaps. I gave her a hug. I gave her a hug. <laughs> and more. No. I'm not a. I'm not really a hugger, but. Um. <laughs> You're not a hugger. Why not? I. I'm. I'm. I am getting. Well, I wouldn't say I'm not a hugger. I'm just not really PDA, like public display type. Uh. Yeah. I and am. My significant other is very much, and it's kind of like, wait, there's people around. Let's just wait. <laughs> But that you probably wouldn't get that impression by some of the points in the book, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I am. I don't care. I've kissed women in public and was like, oh, y'all like that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men, take notes. This is how you make a woman feel good. <laughs> Girls, take notes. This is how you fake feeling. This is how you're supposed to fake feeling good if you're faking it, which, you know, <laughs> it's good. I digress. I digress. Um, I mean, I say I don't like uh, PDA, but I think it just, it has, it, you have to learn how to finesse that PDA a little bit. Like, it has to just be done just right. And then I'm like melting and blushing and yeah, <laughs> it's done just right. I remember I once, I remember I once uh, was in the play. I act, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you called it, but I'm an actor. Um, I was once in a play, a musical, with these, uh, with, heck, I was the only black person in it. Um, I saw this white couple, very nice couple, very nice, uh, work, uh, middle class white couple, right? Um, they're in their 40s, right? I saw them grabbing on each other's behinds. I was like, <laughs> did I just see this? Middle class. Did I just see this middle class, um, upper middle class, forties white couple grabbing on each other's butts? It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. I was like, man, y'all better go ahead and uh, grab on each other's butts. Yeah, that's how you keep things spicy while you're in your forties. Exactly. That's just, that's like the inspiration to me. Like, okay, when I see like older couples and they still kind of little frisky and like that is so cute to me. It's adorbs. Oh, I know I'm going to be, I'm, I know I'm going to be in the night saying, hey, boo thing. <laughs> I don't want to go sleep like that. Let's get on like we were, like we in our 30s. But, um, but yeah, uh, lasting love is a very, very, very uh, beautiful thing. Um, 
and in in spite of all that you've been all that you've been through I'm very glad uh, for, for that you have found um, that you found that that love that happily ever after because there's so many people out there who have it yeah so I would say that you're Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying that's true. I think um, that, uh, and, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, I like I see this all the time on Instagram where they put hashtag the wait and just being patient and, and waiting for it and not trying to uh, be overzealous and, and moving too fast. But because love is not perfect and nobody, I mean, I know, I know, with the exception of you, of course. Nobody's perfect, um, and relationships are not going to be <laughs> perfect. So you have to uh, once, and I think once I started to learn that and not trying to change my spouse and not trying and realizing, listen, he's doing his, he's kind of weird and so some moments. So I'm just gonna let you ride on that right now because you're acting weird. I'm gonna go over here and do my own thing. But sometimes you do have to take a little bit of space from each other and. Um, you know, just but once you realize that you're not going to change that person, um, then you can start to start to appreciate each other a little bit more. So I think that that's kind of what helps, what helped me. And then working on me myself, realizing that I'm not perfect. So how can I expect anybody else? I got to work on me first. So, so another thing. I've always had the mindset that if you are going into a relationship. And you um, look at some, look at the person that you're in a relationship with, and your mindset is, okay, I gotta change this about this person, I gotta change that about that person. Then you're with the wrong person. You should not uh, even bother getting with them because I have the mindset: if you can't accept me when I'm at level, you can't accept me when I'm at level K. You don't accept me. You don't uh, deserve me at level A. That's true. So, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What'd you say? No, I said I like that. That's that's so true. Yeah, you can use that. That's portable. You can't send me a level K. You don't accept me. You don't deserve me a level A. Um, the thing, the key thing is you have to see the heart value of that person in comparison to other people that you've been with. Like, um, like whoever I would date, I would look at them in comparison to my last girlfriend or in comparison to the hood. No. I can't compare it to the hood red. The hood red was more so of a fling. But um but other women who have encapsulated my heart in the past and is she doing is she doing stuff that either reminds me of them or be like or uh let me know that I've wrong. That's how I determine in my mind. So so another poem of yours that I would like to read. This is um, this is one that I can very much identify with. We got this Virgo synergy going on. <laughs> of course, Virgo in the house. I don't want to ask you what year you were born in. That's none of my business. But I'm just. Uh, I'll say um, I don't really. Okay, I'll say it like this. I don't no, identify. Generation uh, with Generation X, and I don't identify with Millennials. I'm somewhere wedged in between there. Let's just put it like that. And you just sound a little, 
Heck, you just sound a little British just now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not linguistics. I've had I've had to study all types of different um languages, so I don't know. Maybe my I don't know. I think I just sound real southern, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, my southern has got those southern little uh, beats. And this <laughs> is way more southern than North Carolina is. It is. Okay, well, I will say I'm a millennial. I'm not, I was born in 1985, the greatest year to ever spit out babies. So I'm just going to leave it right there. Um, a band state of mine, again, I relate to this very much so. Oh, yeah, by the way, people, this is the book that I'm reading out of. It's on Amazon or go to www.amberbranch.com and order it. It's a dope book. It's now, uh, amberrbranch.com. No one I couldn't pull you up. Amber R. Branch. The R stands for um, um, read. In other words, read this book. So, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> abandoned state of mind. Nobody understands me. I'm too inadequate to adapt to society. I drift through life like a zombie, holding all my anger and pain inside. The inner child within me has died. My life was once a drama series, tales of des- desperation, sorrow, uh, tales of desperation and sorrow, wondering if there was any hope for tomorrow. Every day I prayed, Lord. Please let me be accepted. Every path I took led to the road being rejected. I kept searching for love and friends in all the wrong places. And all I got was fake smiles and from evil faces. It's kind of ironic. The people who love who loved me most caused me the most pain, severe and chronic. Felt like love was the precursor to going insane. Every day got harder to live as I thought. What more do I have to give? I give it my soul and my heart, but my spirit remains forever bruised from Cupid's dysfunctional dark. I was left in a state of confusion all alone, headed towards the island of destitution, shipwrecked in the state of abandonment. I can very much relate to all of that. That was probably written in one of my lowest moments. Um, not too long after I was going through my whole um, being uh, raped and molested and um, just kind of not and like really confused by it also. I would say I was like really depressed and like, why? Why would somebody do that to me? And I think that, and I remember I actually, that was in high school when I wrote that. I, I, I think I went back and I revised it but I wrote that my junior year in high school. I remember from the time I was in middle school until my mid-twenties feeling uh, feelings like that. Um, but, well I, well, I just wanted to let you know that I can very much um relate to all of that not feeling not feeling loved not feeling understood not feeling accepted and those who did and those who quote unquote did accept me were you know just people with uh ulterior motives you know like trying to 
win me to Christ um, and all of that. So uh, if you're out there and you have felt rejected, you're not alone. The most, the first love and the most important love of your life is you. Yes. Yes. People always, people, religious people say, oh, God is my first love. Jesus is my first love. Yeah, but your first, yes, but that's a given. God yes. loves you. Exactly. As, was, as the Dallas Cowboy, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to, oh, no, I was just going to piggyback on that. I always feel like if God lives and dwells inside you, if God lives in you, then you should, that's, a, like you said, that's a given. So the first person you should love is yourself because God already dwells in you, you know, once you've come to find him and, and, and learn about him. So that's, like you said, that's a given. But go ahead. Go ahead and bash the Cowboys. I, I know you're going that direction. That's exactly what I'm going. I was about to say. I was about to say. Just as sure as the Dallas Cowboys suck, is <laughs> as sure as God loves you. Yes. So your first love needs to be the love for yourself. And I think that that's very important because so because so many of us struggle to love ourselves. Um, especially us who have had a story past, we had to come to the place where we do love ourselves and it hasn't been a very easy journey. So I would like to share my journey, but first, ladies first, I want to know how did you share your journey from overcoming your traumatic circumstances into your self-love? So how did I, um, you're saying, how did I journey through that? And how did I get through that? Get, yeah, how do you get through that and get to where you're at right now? Um, you know, it honestly, it took, it took a lot. It took several years, but it took um, just realizing and just, I would say, I have always uh, been a writer and I think so. that's one of my therapies just writing and, and putting it down and I think that if more people did that or just sharing their story in writing that would also help to um, help out with some of the anxiety people go through and just kind of getting through those moments but I think just time time I feel like time heals all wounds and just um, I think we try to race through life so much and trying to hurry up and get married and have kids and and to do what? Just to grow old and and then look around and you're with the person that you can't stand, you know? So I think that it's all, all a matter of time. It's that hashtag, the wait. Um, so be realizing that life is not a sprint. It's more like a marathon and you have to be patient and let the higher power uh, work through you and um, and just do his will so that's kind of what helped me is just finally realizing that all of this stuff that i've gone through and putting in perspective that there's a reason why um i was going through it and i think i heard somebody once say that instead of looking at it as a bad thing maybe you should kind of look at it what if we look at it as i'm kind of an honor a little bit god chose me to go through all this to maybe use somebody else or help somebody so if you think about it like that, instead of dwelling on it as a negative, then you can kind of push a little bit better toward your person, but toward your purpose, and then you can start to heal. And until you start to heal some of those wounds inside, nothing else is going to work out. Trust me, I've tried to. I've 
um, searched out, like I've talked about in some of my poems, I've searched out through, you know, different relationships and a promiscuous past and trying to find love in different lovers. And it just didn't work out because that's not the direction God wanted me to go. So I had to just um, take a big piece of humble pie and listen to what God was trying to direct me to do and, and, and just do it, as Nike would say. Just do it as Nike would say. Um. So, um, Lecrae, who happens to be in North Texas, yes. along like you. I remember him. I actually, um, I was on campus when he was at UNT. Shout out to Lecrae. Lecrae is my favorite rapper. What you, uh, you, you, you know Lecrae? You know him? Know him? I was on campus at the same. We weren't really that close, but I, I mean, I remember him, seeing him on campus. I didn't know him that well. But we were, we were going to the University of North Texas at the same time, so yeah. Hey, if Lecrae, if you're watching, <laughs> I don't know if he's but yeah. I mean, I know people who have met Lecrae, so um, if I ever meet Lecrae, I'm going to stand on top of a stool and be like, hey man, you're my favorite rapper. He's really talented. But of yeah. course, I mean, the uni- shout out to Mean Green. The University of North Texas is a internationally known music school, school of music. So, um, what can you expect? It is. Well, shout out to the university. Well, shout out to North Carolina uh, Agricultural and Technical University, who has their oh. homecoming this week. Great on Earth. shouting out colleges. I know, right? <laughs> Just had to send that out. Mean Green. Thank <laughs> you, I didn't even go to A and T, but what? But what I was getting at is, uh, Lecrae says, if you live for people's uh, acceptance, you die from their rejection, and that has been a story of my life, um, up until my mid twenties. I would say up until I hit my thirties, because once I hit my thirties, just something, just light came on, saying, "F what people think. Who cares?" Um, I remember growing up, I grew up in a single parent household where, um, where I had a loving mother who was dealing with her own, dealing with her own stuff. And, uh, that stuff kind of like, you know, matriculated onto me. Um, I'm not going to give my entire story because it's your turn, not my turn. Um, <laughs> So uh, the entire time, I was like wondering, why am I not accepted? Why, uh, why, why, why does society look at me and poo on me? Why does my mom love my cousins more than me? Why does my dad love me enough to be around? All of that until uh, when I was 25, I was at this church encounter. And I found and I found myself screaming out to Jesus like, Lord, just take it away. Take all this hurt and pain and need for acceptance away. And it's all the process to me getting to the point where I'm at right now, where I'm like, yo, um, if you love me, welcome. Uh, you know, rocking with me is a pretty dope ride to be on. If you don't, hey, I don't love you either. Bye. Yeah. And I tell you, the key thing that like really helped me find value out of life 
You know the scripture where it says, out of the mouth of babes? Yes. God saw fit to put my crazy behind in the child care educational field. And kids are smarter than you are smarter than we think they are. They will rock with you if they if they feel like you come with, the, with if you come with uh, genuine intentions, right? Well, I started finding well, I started really finding value at life whenever I would come to work and find myself ambushed with so many hugs. I'm like, ah, you're hugging me too much. Get off me. <laughs> And now to this very day, I just found out uh, the other day that there is um, a young lady who's five years old in my class. She started out before the semester started, um, from what her mom said, uh, before the semester started, she was afraid of men. Like, afraid of men, right? I'm a man, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but, um, and she was like seriously crazily crippling shy cripplingly shy right and um as time went on as i just you know started being myself and everything oh yeah she started out the semester crying all the time but as time went on and i started being myself she really started opening up to me and started talking to me a lot telling me things that are going on in her life hugging me every day even got to the point where she looked at me. This little five-year-old Asian girl looked at me and said, Boy, bye. <sighs> and that's what happens when you realize, when you find comfort in God and say, and shun any negativity from a pope, from people who are not feeling you, you really start to learn just who you are. That's true. And I'm like, yo, I'm an actor and writer who happens to be great with kids. And then just being proud of that. So that's a beautiful thing too. Just a beautiful story. Just finally becoming. And then that's the other, my other book, becoming, getting to that point. So through all this sapphire rhymes, teardrop stain confessions, and being going through all this pain, but my other book is becoming a beautiful, articulate person. So just the story that you just kind of told, and just that shows how you get to that point where. You know what forget all like you said forget the naysayers forget the negativity forget all the past mistakes all the heartaches all the tears you cry it's about becoming becoming who you're meant to be um i was kind of inspired more recently by uh michelle obama's uh book becoming um as well just because that's um that's a major thing learning who you are and um and yeah so I agree with you. Kids, kids are like little sponges, and they—they're very discerning. I think my youngest daughter, she kind of people used to say she didn't smile, but it was just because she—I feel like she was sizing people up from the very beginning. This is when she was like little, before she could probably even put a sentence together. But she would literally just look at you like, and like you, know, you would smile at her, try to talk to her, like hey, and she would go. And I feel like, and like she was like literally just sizing people up. Now eventually, she would kind of warm up to you. But at first, she was like, "No, let me fit, let me fill you out first. Let me figure out what's going on." So I think kids, I think, and kids have a way of doing that. And if they don't, 
want to be, if they don't feel something or like you said, out of the mouth of babes or if they get the wrong vibe from you, they're kind of quick to tell you <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, they'll tell you up front. I don't, <laughs> right, tell you up front. They'll say, I don't like you. <laughs> yes. I'll say back, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. Um, Real quick, uh, real quick, explain a little bit more about the other about your other book, uh, how to articulate. That's the name. Is that the title of it? Um, it's uh, becoming a beautiful articulate person. Um, right. The, the genesis of transformation. So that book is uh, kind of like I said, it's it's it came after. So this book, this more recent book, and I'm actually about to redevelop the the one that you were reading from. I'm doing a relaunch, so I can, I changed the cover a little bit, so it's actually going to be a lot more, it's, so it doesn't look so gloom and kind of. I like this cover. I like it too, and I think a lot of people like it, but um, I got some feedback to make it more brand cohesive with the other books, so we're going to see about changing it, um, the cover, we can always put it, I mean, of course, I do like, I do like this, I have it too. I do like this cover, but I'm gonna, um, this, I got some literary advice about maybe making it more cohesive with the becoming a beautiful, articulate person so that they look more like they came from the same author. They kind of look very different. So that's what we're gonna do next. Um, but to answer your question, the Becoming a Beautiful, Articulate Person book is about getting to that po point that we were talking about earlier about self love and about all the things that I've gone through. And I literally have been sick and I have I had a struggle with type 1 diabetes so that's another one of my I have some points in the becoming articulate person that are about my hospital stays and about that struggle and then I found out my oldest daughter she has type 1 so dealing with that being caretaker um, of her those were a lot of struggles that I went through in my adult motherhood and just like again it took me back to God why I mean, did I not go through enough? What? So now you're going to add this to me. Now you're going to give it to my child too. So I went through a whole lot of things, a lot of issues with that. And, and so that becoming a beautiful, articulate person, the genesis of transformation, that, that right there is about not letting, not believing what people sometimes, I hate to say it, but sometimes the older generation will say, well, kind of put things on you and tell you what you're not going to be. Or sometimes, and maybe they don't mean to do it negatively, but they, they don't, they're not um, as uplifting as they should. So it's about not listening to what people are telling you you should be, but just being who, um, who you were born to become. And for me, it's becoming the genesis, genesis of transformation. For one reason, I came up with that title because my family has always struggled with diabetes. It's been in my family for generations. I got to the point where I'm not going to let that hinder me or my family anymore. And so even though I have it, even though my oldest daughter has it, we are living healthy. We are aging well. We are living well. We eat. We can. We don't have to just. Um, it's not like we have to not have sugar. That's kind of a myth. But we have to just be do it in moderation and get exercise and have that um, just total help and, and, and that's where the transformation comes from because a lot of um, 
my biological father, he passed away last year, um, complications from diabetes, but he was so hard-headed. He would not do right. He would not eat right. Despite all the issues he was going through, he had just made up in his mind that he just, I like it, so I'm going to eat it. I'm going to drink a whole Coke, even though I'm not supposed to. So the things that, that's really what that title came from, because I want to do better. I want to be better. I want to show my kids that the strength that you see in me, it's also in you. And we're going to fight this thing. We're going to beat this thing. And, um, and yeah, so, and we're going to, we're going to change. We're going to change the, the family, um, trajectory, is that the word? Come on, wordsmith. Um, yeah, change the whole family scope and just, um, <laughs> I think I said, I butchered that word. Break or generational curse. Yes. There, there you go. I don't know why I couldn't come up with that word. The, ling the, the linguistics major failed. Okay. Um, but yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just about changing, uh, it's, and it's really a mental thing. It's changing your, um, I, in, in the Becoming book, I have a lot of, um, I have a few poems in there about anxiety and about, um, I kind of go into some suicidal thoughts that I had at one point and kind of um, talking a little bit, doing some poetry about that because I was at the point where I was like, you know what, I'm just done. Like, I just don't even want to go on with this. This doesn't even seem fun anymore. So, but again, it goes back to just uh, the self-love and getting past it and, and realizing that God put you here for a purpose. So become what he wants you to be. So that's what that book is about. Um, should I see if I have so, it here? I think I have it. Well, a couple of things to that while you're looking, while you're getting that book. Okay. Becoming a beautiful, articulate person. There you go. What if BAPS stood for that beautiful, articulate person? It does. Well, that's, and that's, see, you're right on target. That's what, now BAPS normally stood for what Black American princess, and my mom used to actually always call me that. She said, oh, you're such a bad, you're a black American. Now, sometimes it can be a little derogatory, like, oh, we're just a bunch of princesses, but I wanted to kind of turn that around and um, say, it's not just about being a black American princess. Let's just put it out there for everybody. Let's just become a beautiful, particular person. And that's a bat. That's the new bat. The, the, I have transformed the word bat, if you will. Beautiful. There you go. Hmm? I said, there you go. There you go, transformer. Yeah. The now, transformation. Now, I got to ask you this. Um, I'm sorry that you had diabetes in your family, but I got to ask you, um, sort of stepping away from our topic at the moment, um, what type of water are y'all uh, drinking? Are y'all drinking Texas Water, Fiji water, what type of water y'all digesting at the moment? Oh, here? Yeah, in, okay. in the house, if you don't mind me asking. You know what? I have become very, I like lemon water. I, I like sparkling water. So I don't know if I'm kind of being a little bougie, but <laughs> I, I like Perrier. And um, I do like the smart water. Um, uh, I like to do lemon water, like just take the, the filtered water and just put natural lemon juice in it. So that's kind of um, 
And then I really like Ozarka. I don't know if that's. So for all, so for you and for everybody, I gotta make a quick, uh, I gotta make a quick plug here. For all of you who are drinking those water, those demonic waters from the from the lo- from your local stores here in North Carolina, there in Texas, there is a group called the Soul Society who sells this G. What the heck? Who sells this water right here? I call it Jesus water because it has me feeling holy. Every time I drink it, this live earth alkaline water. Let's see. Uh, bottled at the source by Vision Bottling Company in Winston, North Carolina. If you happen to want some, if any of you in Texas happen to want some, www.heavyenergyuniversity.com. Next time they come to Texas, they'll send one your way. Hi. Do it. I highly recommend it. It's a healing mechanism in it. Every time I drink it, I feel like I feel like I feel like Black Panther. <laughs> You're like, um, what's this? Uh, let me take this thing and just speak. Chat. You're not going. No, don't do it. Don't do it. You are yeah. not going to disrespect the the late great Chad with Boltzmann like that. Yeah. I know, I wasn't gonna, I, that's why I was like, let me stop, because I'm about to butcher his name, I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it, but yeah, you know. My uh, old Carolinian. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> anyway, I recommend, uh, I recommend that water for everybody, great water. Um, one, one theme here, one uh, reoccurring theme here is generational curses, not only in the way we eat, but also how we visualize our mental health. Having suicidal thoughts, from my from my experience, from anyone's experience, that's kind of like that's your mental health. That um, I heard before when someone has suicidal thoughts, that's not them really actually wanting to die per se, but it's like they've lost control of their life or they want to change their environment and can't and have run out of options of a way out would you i i know for me uh that was my revelation of it what would you say was your revelation of it i think that not when you put it like that that totally makes sense and i think that that is true because when you are going through that and you feel like there's you don't have and even even us even it doesn't matter what your faith is we all go you're bound to go through it i mean you you can sometimes i can pray to god and i'm like i just don't want to be here like god i mean why why don't you just bring me up to heaven like and so i literally would have those battles and like prayer conversations where i'm like i don't why, why am I still here? So I think it is when you kind of run out of options and you feel like, what am I doing here? Like I said earlier, it feels like this is not fun to me anymore. I don't I don't want to be here. And so you can't think of anything else to do and you kind of you, you run into that wall. So you have to um, redirect yourself and um, refocus and just find that strength, that strength. And it's and like I said, it goes back to becoming and find that strength. Um, I had to kind of channel back to what I like to call as my 
would they say in Back to the Future, my former self, or um, I had to kind of channel back to my my younger years before all the trauma, before all the drama, before all the heartache. You know, just being that carefree, lighthearted, and trying to put myself back there so that I could um, become better. And when I did that, that that also helped in my journey. Just going back to who I was before, you know. Yeah, that's how that's that's what helps because you go back to what you once were. You channel that youthful energy, and it allows you to just look at life with the whole "what's going to happen." Uh, I can't wait mindset. Um, I will tell you, at my job, people think that I'm crazy because I'm always saying that Monday is the greatest day of the week. People think I'm crazy, but there's a reason for that because number one. Number one, no other day of the week brings out more negativity than Monday. People hate Monday. Oh, it's Monday. Oh, it's Monday. It's been a constant since I was. It's been a constant since I was a child. But I'm like, yo, any day that any day that I get to rise and um, live life and go after my dreams and. Um, be some type of influ- influence in the lives of young people as they are the future. I'm like, heck yeah, I love Mondays. I love Mondays. I love Tuesdays. I love every day. Um, especially Friday. You know, uh, I love Friday because I get to say, all right, y'all, it's Friday. Y'all ain't got no job. Tell <laughs> you about my friends, Smokey and Big Worm. <laughs> But, and so, and so that's another way that, you know, working with kids has saved my life is, um, in order to connect with them, I had a channel, I had a channel, my youthful self. I think that's probably why people tell me all the time that I don't look my age. I'm 36. And people tell me all the time I don't look it. That's true. I mean, I guess, yeah, because you have to be lighthearted. I mean, just carefree a little bit. You take some of the worries out. Get in touch with your child, your inner child. Yeah, and that's one generational curse that we could break. Uh, that we as a people definitely need to break. Um, I would like to, before I let you go, I would like to touch on mental health really quick and uh, read your poem about being woke. Um, would you agree that we that we as a people have um, greatly ignored? Um, would you say that we as people have not uh, showed mental health uh, the proper uh, respect and uh, acknowledgement that it really deserves? I I think so because, and I think it kind of goes. I hate to say it, but it kind of goes back to to the church a little bit and the stigma that sometimes um, churchy, churchy people put on it because it's like, oh, well, you you just, you don't have enough faith. You need to just pray. Well, you know, but, you know, sometimes, I mean, you do need to pray, but, you know, but mental anxiety, mental, um, mental health is real, you know, um, and depression is, it's a disease, if you will. So, um, 
no i mean it's not like you can just ignore it it's just that would be like ignoring diabetes you can't ignore it otherwise it's going to lead to other things so i think that we have to we tend to take the holier than now uh road to it like oh well that's your like it has something to do with our faith or we're not um strong in our walk with god or whatever so i think that that's to me that's my opinion i could be wrong but that's kind of how i feel like it came about in in our, in our culture no you're right because um because okay so i'm going to jump on a little bit of a tangent here okay so just ride with me okay so while christianity was starting in africa uh we came into this country we came into this country those of us who came from africa we we were here prior to child slavery but uh, prior to the colonial the colonial version the colonized version of christianity our version of christianity our version of faith and whatnot um started with you know being spiritual um a spiritual communing with god our higher uh, our higher creator and channeling the god that is in us you know psalm 82 and 6 i say you are gods you are children of the most high and being that child of the most high but you know we come to but you know one but i can't talk but once we came here to what is called America now, and was beaten and stripped of our uh, and stripped of our beliefs and everything, uh, and had this colonized Western uh, version of Christianity, um, which is not even Christianity in my in my in my view. But anyway, forced upon us. Well, we're already confused because we're taking upon this. And this pretty much says, open the book, read it, and believe every single thing that's in that book. Pray, but make sure uh, to believe everything that's in the book. Now, uh, I rock with the Bible, but I have my questions about it, right? Um, <coughs> nothing, and that has been that has been the that has been for the most part the religious makeup of us ever since then. To to want to talk to someone about your problems, that look like your faith in God has digressed or declined. But then again, God has gifted therapists to do therapy. Right. Am I making am I make am I making sense or am I rambling? No, no, I that that's a good point that you said, and I was I was um, I actually was thinking that I don't think I said that, but it might it was in my head. Like when you said God has gifted um, therapists for therapy, so I mean He gave um, the, the the intellectual capacity to help others um, that are going through that, and I mean because we have. Uh, disorders and diseases um, it's, it's, it's nothing different than going to the doctor and getting help for um, any other illness depression like I said is an illness it's a disease so I mean you wouldn't neglect um, if you had cancer you wouldn't say oh no I'm not gonna go get that treated because um, 
I have my, I mean, I mean, you still have your faith and nobody's taking that away, but you still need to go and get it treated and, and get it diagnosed and, and see somebody about it. So it's the same situation, but uh, that's, that's where I think, and it did, and it starts, goes back to, like you said, it goes all the way back to, to um, Africa, I feel like, with just um, the way that we started with our um, organized religion. So, and, and I'm like you too, I have questions. Um, I have to pray about it. I really have to have, I think just over the whole pandemic and just the last few years, my, my faith and my walk with Christ and just praying my prayer life has become very strong. It had to because uh, this pandemic really tested my, my mental capacity. I think my, I'm just like, my social anxiety was through the roof and like, I'm now just like, crazy afraid to be around people I'm like no I think I saw a meme it was like how many people are going to be there <laughs> to ask that question before I even go out just like the whole mental thing like um yeah but I, I agree with you I think I might be rambling at this point sorry you're not rambling you're not rambling so as we start to wrap as we start to wrap this you wrote a poem in this book with this beautiful cover <laughs> staying woke now i just want you all to know this is not black lives matter defund the police that woke this is different woke check this out staying woke i'm woke now i'm wise made some changes i can see clearly through the lies excited for what god has in store can't wait for the great things behind the next door Another chapter of my life, ready to explore, praying this time to get it right. Serve the Lord, care for my girls. No more living life like a whore. That's real for me. I've had my whole moments too. Um, I think that is a beautiful poem to have towards the end of the book. That is like that awaiting youthful, uh, can't wait to just take take life by the horns and make some moves energy that you was talking about right yeah and i mean it's short and sweet and to a point i mean that was not one of my long lengthy poems but it just something kind of to to remind myself you know what we're at a different point it's kind of toward the end of the book so as you can see throughout the book i've kind of evolved and it's like okay enough is enough we we cried our tears We've gone through some things, we've lived a certain type of way, but now, you know what, we've got responsibilities here. I have two very intelligent, um, independent, beautiful young ladies that I am raising and teaching them to become. So, you know, I just had to get to a point where um, I'm just, um, yeah, putting, putting behind the foolishness and just, uh, and living life and, and, and not getting caught up in my feelings, if you will, you know, not saying that I don't have any feelings, although I do like to sometimes tell people I have one feeling, but in actuality, I have a little bit more. So I just hide them very well. But yeah, so that's kind of, that to me is staying woke. That's, that's my version of staying woke. I had to, I had to wake up, step out of it. I love the way that you worded it. Um, 
And I love the way that you kind of like reuse the meaning of the term woke. I hear woke all the time. It's like, oh, we are, uh, we protest against police. We woke. Oh, shut up. You ain't woke. You just emotional. <laughs> So, it, has it has different meanings. Though. I mean, it's, it means the same thing, but you can put that stay woke in any context. Um, just as long as you're, um, you're just you're, you're just being enlightened and uh, growing up. Some people call it adulting, if you will, or you know, it's basically like saying grow up, kind of thing, right? Right. And when you grow up, you have to leave the past behind. Mm-hmm. Right. Learn from the past, but don't let it affect your future. You know, much it's like Cal- Dallas Cowboy fans. Um, <laughs> how they refuse to let go of the past glory, and not and I accept the fact that it's not going to be their future. It just <sighs> Amber. Um, if somebody wanted to take advantage of your linguistical. Um, services or I don't know uh, get some writing tips for you or wanting to I don't know book you for a poetry event or contact you in any way shape or form how could they get in touch with you okay um, so you can contact me well you can go to my website which is um, www.amberrbranch.com and that's probably the easiest way because when you go to contact um, on the contact tab, it, it'll put you directly in touch with my email. Um, or I think there's a way you can WhatsApp me on the website. Or you can just follow me on Instagram at Articulate Beauty One, on TikTok at Articulate Beauty One. Those are all the ways that you can follow me or get in touch with me. So. Yeah, I would be more than happy to help somebody with editing, whether it's editing or, um, you know, just linguistics training, uh, speech, anything like that, or even helping to write their book, because I believe that we all have a story to tell, so, So I'll tell you this, when um, I received your book, thank you, by the way, when I received your book and read it, I decided, you know what, I'm writing a poetry book. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Go for it. I will support you. I will be. I will be the first person to leave review on it. So. Thank you. Like I have other projects going on right now, mm-hmm. and here's what they are. I'm not telling, not sharing until I'm ready to uh, let people know. But yeah, <laughs> I got other projects going on right now. I will say among them is I'm acting in this film called Street Logic. Oh, that's cool. the only one I'll mention uh, but yeah I'm definitely going to write a poetry book and for those of you who are in Texas um, uh, tapping in with Amber if you want to hit me up for whatever reason share your artistry with me cast me in a film what or play whatever uh, my email is adq4price at gmail.com on social media, I am Dion Chocolate Guy 85 on Instagram, um, Avenue ADQ underscore 85 on Twitter, and on Facebook, I am Adrian Dion Quarles, A D R I A N D I O N Q U A R L E S. Please do not call CIA on me. Amber, 
Yo, it has been incredible communicating with you. I hope that your book hits the New York Times bestsellers list. It is an incredible book. It is an incredible piece of literature. Thank you for coming on my podcast. For all you do, for all the writing that you do. Let me get rid of this. For all the writing that you do, for all the stories that you tell, you, ma'am, are a, are a value, love, needed, necessary member of the Renaissance. Our people are better because of you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure meeting with you, speaking with you, and just bye. Yeah, go to Amazon, check the book out, leave a review. Um, that will definitely help it to get to that bestseller rank. But above all, I just hope that I'm inspiring somebody. Um, and that's kind of the, the main goal for me is just to use my heart to heal and to help heal other people. So I tell you what, next time I am about to engage in relations, I'm definitely reading a couple of these books. I mean, a couple of these films. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about the more um, <laughs> risque ones, okay? <laughs> but but hold on, I got ooh, I got to read one for the for the role because I just saw this one. Uh, let's see, uh-huh. the ultimate actors. I am an actor. I indulge in the theater. <laughs> it's not that. Let's see, <clears throat> the ultimate actors. You are real good at pretending to care. What? And act like you'll always be there. <laughs> you are the biggest loser. You push the limits and gone too far. It's not about the theater. <laughs> no. You can never be trusted, and your love is corroded, worn out, and rusted. Sheesh. This is a breakup pool. <laughs> yes, it is. You're uh, because I'm not gay, miss best performer you come at the end of your time you will not advance to the next round your performance so far has not been sublime don't worry about your complimentary prize just pack your things and say your goodbyes there's no more love for you here no applause and no tears just hit the road jack a lynn and don't come back <laughs> yeah I'm sorry, that was a little misleading. You got a little excited. You thought it was about... <laughs> I thought it was about the theater! <laughs> well, I mean, it is about those clowns that think that sometimes you have to deal with some clowns and, yeah, and some actors that like to portray a certain image or, and they're not really who they claim to be. So that was just a little shout-out to those. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Those who like the lie can't tell the truth. But anyway, this has been an episode of ADQ's Renaissance. Thank you all very much for tuning in. I am ADQ. That is Amber Branch. And thank you again for tuning in. I am in North Carolina, Aggie Pride. Shout out to North Carolina AT. And shout out to the University of North Texas. And she is in Texas right now. And Cowboys. You suck forever. Peace. <laughs> Bye. And I'm going to end the broadcast like this.
was like a zombie Till I was awakened Chasing all the Barbies Trying to get the bacon Pull up in a new toy Feeling like a rude boy Always acting brazy But my heart felt like a true toy Running with my dogs Catching plays Take you on a trip down memory lane Pulling pistols Stealing mama's liquor Seventeen, I think I fell in love with a stripper Snorting, sipping, smoking till I'm blown away Granny told me, wait on God, he on the way Walking dead, I'm on a ledge, praying I don't fall off Spirit interfering, not a new me, about to go off in the dark, yeah I was in the dark, I swear you couldn't tell me nothing I was after flesh, I guess I was some type of zombie Demons used to haunt me Then I heard a voice of God, I'm grateful Jesus called me I was like a zombie, 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 zombie I was like a zombie, 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 zombie It was thought deeper than my heart wasn't living Mama stressed, thinking I was next, they gon' get him Could've died, could've slipped, yeah Took a ride to the pen, yeah Granny prayers said they lit, yeah I surely said I was gifted Run around with my shine Throwing up my gang signs Police came to arrest me Blocking all of my blessings Hit the club, shorty told me I was young, bruh I told her I'ma need a babysitter if she wants her I was in the dark, yeah I was in the dark, I swear you couldn't tell me nothing I was after flesh, I guess I was some type of zombie Demons used to haunt me Then I heard a voice of God, I'm grateful Jesus called me I was like a zombie Till I was awakened Chasing all the Barbies Trying to get the bacon Pull up in a new toy, training like a robot Always acting brazy, but my heart felt like a true toy I was like a zombie, zombie Father's 
letter out of my pocket and begin to write down on the back of his letter this poem, The Negro Speaks of Rivers. I've known rivers. I've known rivers ancient as the world and older than the flow of human blood in human veins. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. I bathed in the Euphrates when dawns were young. I built my hut near the Congo and it lulled me to sleep. I looked upon the Nile and raised the pyramids above it. I heard the singing of the Mississippi when Abe Lincoln went down to New Orleans and I've seen its muddy bosom turn all golden in the sunset. I've known rivers, ancient, dusky rivers. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. <laughs>